Hello, I'm Julie Swenson, Managing Director of Forward Theatre Company in Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm Mike Fisher, theatre writer and dramaturg. I'm Jen Upoff-Gray, Founder and Artistic Director of Forward Theatre Company. And this is Theatre Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theatre from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode seven of Theater Forward. Hello. Hi. So this week's conversation is going to be about one of the more recent developments in our industry, which is the rising use of intimacy design in the theater world. And Julie, I know you have some firsthand experience with this. So why don't you kind of describe what it is we're talking about? Sure. Uh, I did. Um, I do have some some experience. I produced a show, uh, Sex with Strangers, when I was with Renaissance Theater Works. Uh, the intimacy director was Chris Elst, but under the tutelage of Tonya Sina of um, Intimacy Directors International. Um, they're located in Chicago. Uh, so he had gotten some training and the director, Mallory Matoxin, had gotten some training as well, received some training. And um, it the idea of it is in the exact same way we need fight choreography. There are uh, intimate scenes that are written into plays that need to be choreographed so that everyone is comfortable in the situation. And there's the sort of fallback idea of, well, I know how to kiss, so I don't need anybody to tell me. But it's really to keep keep the actors and keep everyone in the room comfortable and safe. Mm-hmm. And actors obviously deserve to be comfortable and safe. I mean, this whole concept, and it's not surprising it's based in Chicago, grew out of the much publicized incident a few years ago, which shut down Profile Theater, where you really did have uh, on the part of the artistic director there, what sounds from the allegations was genuine abuse, mm-hmm. where you know, you're know you in actual shows and he's giving women tongue, uh, for example, on stage. And that's not acceptable. And that kind of thing has to be stopped. And people like that have to be reported. And when you're in an industry where you have a traditional male leadership in so many places and asymmetrical power relationships between men and women, it can be hard for women to come forward. So I get the premise. That happens all the time, happen- Mike. Not <laughs> artistic director. No. Every every kissing right. scene I've done has been somebody trying to stick their tongue in my mouth. Well, it yeah. happens all the time. And that is completely, it's not you know, predatory artistic director. No, no, no. I, I was yeah. using that. I was saying he was the person <laughs> I, I, in that yes. particular thing. I mean, right. I, I, you know, and, and in, in another life, I spent 15 years doing harassment training for nonprofits <laughs> right. and, and profits. So I know this is a problem. Right. I don't know that intimacy design at least in terms of the way it can manifest in a production, is the answer. I mean, do we need bumpers and protections to protect women in situations like this? Yes. Do we need a third party in the room um, when a kissing scene, for example, is being worked out? Absolutely, yes. But do we need, and I quote, from the production that you had, an intimacy designer involved with that production who said, quote, it can get to the granular detail of you're going to put your mouth here on this person, you're going to open your mouth at this time, this wide, then close your mouth at this time, this wide, end quote. Now, that is exactly what somebody in the audience ends up seeing, a scene with little spontaneity, a scene that looks mechanical, um, to take a really awesome show that I just saw again recently, a chorus line type show, which is all mechanics and no heart. Mm. I I would say then in that example, maybe you saw bad design. 
I think there is bad fight choreography. There are people that are just not that good at it. And I'm not and I'm not saying the production we're talking about. I personally think it went really well. But if we have differing opinions, um, let's go let's go broader than that one production. Um, I think there are bad fight choreographers. We've seen that. We've seen the people that the the punch is three feet away from the head. And that's just bad. And I think that because this is a growing industry, I think we're going to get better at it. I really do. I think that it will become less mechanical and the people doing it will uh, focus on the naturalism and with, in regards to uh, the safety issues as well. It's so interesting because listening to the two of you talk about this, it feels like the two different sides of my own brain on this issue. <laughs> um, I am I am truly so torn because uh, as as someone running a company, as a woman, as an artist, um, all of those reasons, uh, I think that the move towards um, greater safety, um, greater precautions, um, better uh avenues for people to, um, raise, uh, flags when, when there's bad behavior or, um, abusive or, um, uh, inappropriate situations. All of that is so vital. And, um, and the rise of this um, field in our industry, it is, as, as you alluded, Mike, I mean, it is coming in response to real problems um, and, and, and systemic ones. Like you said, Julie, they, it's profiles is sort of this egregious example that got everybody's attention. But, you know, we all hear these stories all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's a real problem that's trying to be addressed. The reason I still find myself seesawing is because I'm a director and not just an artistic director. And I feel very possessive of my storytelling role in, in staging, um, in staging these scenes and, and priding myself on creating a very safe and respectful room in, in staging scenes that have intimacy and, and sort of to, to pick up on something you said, Mike, um, there should never be spontaneous intimacy on stage. You want it to feel and play like it's spontaneous. But, you know, if, if I'm doing my job, there would never be a spontaneity in the way that actors, you know, engage in intimacy on stage. But um, it, it is. Yeah, go ahead, Julie. Let, let me ask then, why couldn't you alone choreograph a slap? Because, in our last show in Life Sucks. Yeah, because I have not uh, done training on how to m create a slap that is not a slap and does not cause physical harm, but looks like it does. But you've done training on how other people kiss and hold each other and uh, not not to no, and, and this is why it's yeah. this is why it's a complicated issue. Right. Not to that right. level, but I do have a career of telling those stories on stage creating safe spaces for actors, um, and, and, and learning about, you know, a, how does this read to an audience? If, mm -hmm. if, if a hand touches a shoulder, how does that read differently than if a hand touches a face? So that storytelling impact is something that I've worked for decades on now. And then combining that with the work that I do to create safe emotional space, not just for intimate scenes that involve physicality, but for emotionally intimate scenes, Again, that's an enormous part of my job to create a place in which 
the actors on stage feel safe with each other, with me, with the other people in the room, the stage managers, et cetera. Um, and that I'm creating a space where people feel that they are asking um, permission of each other to, to um, engage with a topic that they feel empowered to, to raise a hand either in the room or with me privately later to say, this doesn't feel comfortable to me. It, to me, there, I, I, I get what you're saying, that this is, it's along a continuum with fight choreography, but I don't think it's exactly the same. I, I do think that, that it is, it is someplace else on that spectrum. And so I'm very conscious of the fact that I, um, my head says this is a great thing and a great evolution for our industry. And my gut says that I, as an artist, don't want to lose or diffuse my storytelling oversight in this area that I, that I personally feel like I take great care with. I would say, Jen, you're doing intimacy design. If that's, if that's genuinely how the rehearsal room looks, mm -hmm. that is intimacy design. This is set up for, and this is not to bash other directors. It's yeah. just a helpful tool. There are a lot of directors that say, and now you kiss passionately. Go. Right. Which I would never in a million years <laughs> but, do. Well, the problem with that, though, Julie, is is not whether or not we have an intimacy designer. The, the problem is we live in a country where people do not know how to talk about sex and where we've got all the Puritan baggage, which makes it an experience which is embarrassing, uh, makes us self-conscious and makes it just difficult. And so do we need help in general talking about this in a good way? Fine. And if we had intimacy designers, if that's the term we're going to use, that we're approaching this in a way where sex was seen as joyous and we were sex positive, then I might be more interested in, in it. I'm not seeing that in, in stage, on stage. I'm seeing it being used as a tool to call bumper. Um, and I do think it's different than fight choreography. Fight choreography is about aggression. Intimacy, I'm not talking about rape. I'm not talking about scenes where sex turns violent, which is also aggressive. Intimacy is about love. And that's not something that needs, to my mind, the same sort of technical oversight. Do you want to sit down with actors and say, what are your absolute no's? You know, maybe it's touching a breast. Maybe it's touching a penis. Maybe it's, you know, putting your hand in a certain place on somebody's neck. Yes, that's good. But then once that's done... To me, leave the actors and directors alone. And here I'm thinking of the actors, leave the actors alone with those bumpers in place and being policed to figure out for themselves the particulars um, of, of how a scene should be played. Mm -hmm. Or we're, we're taking the spontaneity, and it is spontaneity in terms of how it projects, not in terms of how it's rehearsed, mm -hmm. out of the, 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 the process and making it too mechanical because actors are going to spend their time thinking in the same way they think about where to parry or thrust with a sword and rapier about how they are putting their lips, to use the quote I used, on somebody else's lips. And that shows to an audience. But isn't that, I mean, that's an actor's job. They're thinking about that. They're thinking about where they're walking. They're thinking about how their arms are handled. They're thinking about what they're picking up, what lines they're saying at this point and this point. It's always, it's all choreographed. So why do we then say, but in this part, just let it go natural. There's, I, I'm, I think there's going to be, and I think there's a progression of this that I'm already seeing that does um, allow for more um, spontaneity and naturalism. But this idea that in in this quadrant, where when you're supposedly having sex or being intimate, we're just going to let the actors go on that, and everything else is blocked and choreographed and and 
precision timing. So again, to kind of pull different parts mm-hmm. from what each of you are saying, I mean, I, I do think um, the the for me the the happy medium is that um, you know I would never let two actors go work up an intimate scene on their own because then it, it really muddies the water of what it is that they're doing. The intimacy, the kissing, the touching, whatever it is that is called for in the script is, as you say, Julie, it's choreography. It is part of the storytelling. So it's not about, you know, whether one actor wants to put their mouth here or there. It's about how I, as the outside eyes, how do I think that's going to make the audience feel? What is the response? What's the emotional response to what I'm seeing? And is that the response we're going for, or do we want it something that was going to create a different response? And so it does need, you know, those outside eyes to keep it um, performative. Um, but I, I've been thinking, Julie, about what you said about when you said, oh, well, what I'm doing is is intimacy design. And OK, so this is where it gets really tricky for me as an artistic director. And this is what the artistic director had on. Mm-hmm. How do we create the safe space for actors to get what they need and to be able to say if they're not being protected without risk of career repercussions. Because, great, I I think that I'm creating a safe space and being respectful and, and um, uh, appropriate in how I would stage those scenes. And maybe some actors would feel that way. So then I might say, okay, well, we're good here at forward theater. I don't need to hire an intimacy designer. Um, because you know, I feel like I'm being respectful and, and actors are telling me that they feel respectful. What happens if, if that's not everyone's experience and they're afraid to tell me, and this is where I don't, because this is where I feel really torn because I don't want to add another outside voice to this very carefully crafted process that I think is getting good results. That's on the one hand. On the Mm -hmm. other hand, I'm aware that there's a a power imbalance. Right. And what if we are creating a space that doesn't feel adequately safe? Now, what do we do? And, and that's, you you have an intimacy director uh, at your rehearsals because you're right. I think that knowing you, Jen, I am positive that it is respectful and thoughtful, um, but you're absolutely right. If somebody has a problem, you are not only the director, but you're the artistic director and hiring person mm-hmm. of this company. Right. They can't say, I'm not feeling comfortable here. And maybe there's a relationship that they do, but um, not everybody is able, not everyone is able to say that. Right. Is this a, as, as I try to think about what's the future for our industry, you know, mm-hmm. are we, you and I have had conversations about this before, Julie, like, you know, are we in a pendulum moment where we've sort of overcorrected to every single kiss and every single bit of intimacy on stage needs intimacy design? Do we ultimately settle someplace where there's been a lot of training in our industry in general, people are getting better and more sensitive about how they approach these issues. You know, I could, if I was doing a, a play where people were actually getting naked and having what seems to be sex on stage, I would, as a director, probably be like, you know what? I would love to have someone who specializes Mm -hmm. in this area. That is, that is much more extreme than two characters making out. Right. Right. Which I do feel personally for me, I feel comfortable that I can do that in a, in a safe and respectful way. So maybe we're in a, in a pendulum swing 
moment here, but... Well, and do you need an intimacy designer? This is a case for one that's been brought in, and I'll use a play you've directed where you did not use one, and mm-hmm. you did not need one, and that was the vibrator play, right. where people had an intimacy designer to choreograph the scenes with the, with the pelvis, um, yeah. you know, massaging. I mean, to me, that's crazy. That's You need a good director, and to your point, you don't want too many voices in the room who knows how to handle this. You've got intimacy designers now. This is Rachel Flesher, a Chicago-based intimacy designer, says, quote, intimacy references familiarity and vulnerability. This includes grief, shock, trauma, births, medical exams, nursing infants, nudity, virtually any kind of bodily function. Well, that's a description of things that a director ought to be bringing to the table. I mean, that is somebody that wants to be a director, at least subconsciously, in terms of the way she's describing her job. And that to me is not, that's beyond the remit of what anybody doing this kind of specialized work should be doing, hmm. in my opinion. I don't, bec- I don't think they become a director because very few of those things you mentioned happen all of them happen in one play. So it's it it generally is a, a smaller part of that. Unless, you know, vibrator play, sex with strangers, there's a lot. Um I don't know that there I don't know I it <laughs> and we will I, I guarantee by the end of this podcast we will still not agree. And that's all right. Um but I I think that our idea of well, let's see. I've had sex before. Surely I can have, I can, I know how this works and I can do it on stage. We don't do sword fights because I've never stabbed anybody. I've never slapped anybody. So I know I should have a professional do that. I think it's really that it's intimate to us. I think that might be part of um, why people uh, push this away and think, I know this. I've kissed people in my life. I know how to do this. And I think um, what this entire movement is doing is protecting the actor who it's actually happening to, who isn't in a position to say, but this isn't comfortable. So here's here's what I was, what, the point I was kind of building to before in talking about this pendulum moment and where mm-hmm. do we ultimately end up? You know, I'm, I really hope that where we end up, you know, a decade from now isn't that we have to have an, hire an extra specialist for every single production that has a kiss or anything beyond a kiss on right. stage. Um, I, I, I would rather see us move in a direction where directors across the board, artistic directors across the board are, are learning new, new vocabulary, new techniques to help us go further in making sure that we've created safe and, and respectful situations. But it, what it comes down to is, there are always going to be bad actors. And I don't mean in terms of performers, but people who are doing bad things there in in our industry, like every industry, there are always going to be people who abuse their power. What is the safety valve? And what I keep coming back to myself is where's the union in this? So let's say there is a, so I'll, I'll use myself as an example so that, you know, I'm not using anyone. Let's say I, I am, you know, stage, let's say I was doing that production of Sarah rules in the next room where the vibrator play. And there was an actor who wasn't comfortable despite my repeatedly asking if they were, mm-hmm. you know, and asking for their feedback, but let's say that they weren't comfortable saying to me that they were uncomfortable. Right. And, and mm-hmm. as you're saying, that would be a, a rationale to have, um, an intimacy designer in the room, but should the equity deputy or the stage manager also not be a safe place to go? And should the union not be protecting their membership in saying, come to us when there's an issue and we have your back? 
It doesn't get, that's an extreme version though. I think equity, I think it does actually. If you came um, like the uh, um, Profile Theater, that's the name of the theater. Profiles. Yes. Yeah, pro- profiles. profiles. Um, I mean, that was egregious mm-hmm. and absolutely uh, union should have stepped in. This is really, um, it's not as extreme as that. It's its if you're having um, a passionate embrace with somebody and and the person you're doing with, with feels more passionate. That's what it is. It's its to even it up. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's not something you file with the union mm-hmm. or... Um, you know, talk to your stage manager about some, some directors are going to be really receptive to that. And some are not, some Mm -hmm. are not going to understand that. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is the part where not to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but I'm going to agree with, with, with Julie. And again, I'll go back to my sexual harassment training that I did for all these companies for so many years. Mm -hmm. They had human resources managers. They had people to whom women in theory could complain. And many women didn't. Why? Because in the power structure that existed in their workplace, they were afraid that if they reported, they were going to get, have retaliation or in some way we're going to lose promotional opportunities, which is retaliation. And they were cynical about anything being able to be done because so many of these situations are, he said, she said, kinds of situations. And I do think sort of the broader thing you were talking about, Jen, in terms of where we, I hope we are in 10 years, I hope we're in a world where we continue to see the trend we're seeing in the last two years, which is very exciting of having more and more women placed in charge of more companies and having more positions of power in the room as well. I do think that will make a big difference. I mean, there's tons of studies which show even now, today, men and women continue to perceive what constitutes harassment right. or you know aggressive sexual behavior in different ways. And I do think women will be able to help with this. So I'm all for making sure those kinds of things can't happen. I think where we agree to disagree maybe is I'm still not seeing this particular way as the way. I would love to see more training and more conversation like in this podcast about what happens in a room so that directors can be more sensitive and better facilitators of conversations like this that do need to happen in the room. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that seems and <laughs> like I'd a like very... these intimacy directors to get more work. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think these are great conversations to be having. I don't know that we, you know, this was about changing someone's mind so much mm-hmm. as talking about the pros and the cons and the and the squishy place in the middle where right. we're still figuring it out. This is a this is a new new avenue in our field, and I think that we will continue to see it evolving and hopefully in more good than than negative ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we can agree on that. Absolutely, <laughs> we can. <laughs> well, that is all for this episode of Theater Forward, a conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest, and America. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jen Uphoff-Gray. I'm Julie Swenson. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced by Scott Hayden, and you can follow us or share your thoughts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Forward theater as always with an er and if you enjoy this podcast don't forget to subscribe to us on itunes or wherever you might tune in we're very grateful to have you listening and we'll be back soon for another theater forward conversation